0: Boxing fans, I hate technology. It sucks. Not because of personal, but because of business. The way these services do their thing is stupid. They're contradicting known, long-standing best practices. They're making things harder than they need to be. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but it takes way longer to do basic stuff that used to take a fraction of the time. I've been battling this for three hours now this morning to get the new site for CombattalkRadio.net up and running. And while it's mostly running... You'll have to make sure you add the www in front of it. So www.combattalkradio.net if you want to check it out. It's a work in progress. We're trying to get the base to work where you do not have to type in the www, but for now you do have to type in the www. The reason that's annoying is that all of our various podcast deals tell you that you do not need to add the www in front. And so now we have a bit of a gap until this gets resolved and hopefully it gets resolved in a couple of days with some, and it's just a matter of time for things to synchronize. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into our uh, boxing that we've got up front. I want to cover a little, I don't want to call it news, but there's a report out there about boxing. I talked about how Showtime is quitting the boxing business after killing it on the way out. out. And then HBO quit the business a while ago. And then ESPN is still doing it with Top Rank. After the Showtime departure, people started speculating about what was going to happen to PBC. That's the premier boxing champions run by Mr. Al Heeman partially funded by Mr. Floyd Mayweather. Some rumors came around that allegedly, again, there's no evidence of this, but allegedly PBC was shopping around with various forums. One of those forums was going to be Amazon, and I I don't support that at all because I'm not, I'm sorry, as much as I love boxing, I will not be doing uh, Amazon Prime to watch boxing on that stream. I will not do it. It needs to be television. It is what it is. Find a television network and do it, or do your own shit on YouTube like, uh, what was that, uh, uh, Probox. Pro Probox did theirs. Uh, the one that C- Crawford ripped off, I forget the name of it, they did theirs on YouTube. So that's what I think PVC should do. If you're going to do stream, do your own shit, do a white label. You can do a white label programming. White label programming is not that expensive where you can control the stream yourself on your own site, host it yourself. If you're going to do streams, do not partner with an Amazon or Netflix or whatever the fuck because you want worldwide distribution. I know that sounds contrarian doesn't make any sense the reason i say this is because if you go with let's say amazon all they're going to do is dumb it down censor stuff out you'll never see ring card girls you'll never see anything it'll be a it'll be a pale shadow what it's what it was just like peacock in the wwe the other one was the zone the reason i have an issue with the zone is that the zone first launched and they talked about you know you're going to get all this great stuff for 9.99 and we don't The CEO literally said there's not going to be pay-per-view and then, and started giving away essentially Danny Jacobs and Golovkin and Canelo and Andre and all these other fighters. And then later it's like, okay, well crap, we got to put this on pay-per-view and now they're just settled in a group. I don't mind if it's pay-per-view instead of the monthly, it's not, you have to do the monthly to get access to the pay-per-view. So it's no, it's dead in the water. So there, that model wasn't going to sustain. Amazon's going to gut it. They've already started censoring video games and other animes and things. So, Amazon's all censorship. Peacock is toned down. They censored all sorts of stuff. You can't see stuff there. I would rather they do their own platform myself. I'm not a fan of them leaping on these other ones just because they have a presence. I understand what you're trying to do. And so maybe you have specials, right? Here's a special around <coughs> around Floyd Mayweather or a special around Sean Porter or a special around Keith Thurman or a special around some of your fighters, where the special is made available through a Amazon or something as a one-off type thing. Great. Or a collectible library, you know, all the different fight, all the different fights from this fighter, and we put them together in a kind of watch, sure. But not all of your programming, not the events. That's how I feel about it. After this, then there were rumors that Netflix was talking about getting into boxing streaming as part of a sports streaming initiative that they were going to be doing. And allegedly, PBC was looking into them as well as an outlet. I damn sure hope they don't do that after what they did to Dave Chappelle and others. I don't want to see that personally because I again, Netflix has no problem ripping people off. Number one, and number two, you're forcing somebody into a subscription, and we know they're going to do the pay-per-view. You know, sixty bucks, seventy dollars, eighty dollars anyway. It it they they're not going to get away from. They've got to settle on something. If you think you can sell somebody to pay 60 bucks an event, your job is to stack the event with quality fights, okay? If you're going to just do the monthly subscription, then there shouldn't be a pay-per-view. So I don't mind if you're going to do the subscription model. I'd say build your own. Build your own, like create your own thing. Market it back to TV networks because there are TV networks that would probably do it. But you've got to have quality fights on the shit. You can't just have garbage out there That makes no damn sense as Triller had to own Triller. Of course, fight TV uh, is their whole deal. So all I'm saying is I think they need to do a better job of marketing what it is that they're doing than what they've been doing. And I still think regular television plays a part. And I think it's going to play a very big part, especially when we talk about overseas where they don't have significantly fast internet. That's how I feel about it. Let's go ahead and get through our, I'm going to cover a week. Worth the boxing. Because there was a lot of fights, but they're spread out through the week. So, I'm going to just crash course through those real quick. Up top, this is this weekend. Today, actually, as I record this, we've got 12 rounds of super featherweight action. I really like this fight. Joe Cordina fighting Edward Vasquez. Joe Cordina. That's the guy. I like Joe Cordina a lot. Big fan of his out of the UK. Uh, Edward Vasquez, really quality fighter. He's not going to excite you, but he's a quality fighter in his own right as a boxer. I'd be shocked if Cordina lost this. Cordina's just quality; he's just really good. He didn't have a good outing his last fight, but I think that's just you know for whatever reason he didn't show up. <laughs> but generally speaking, I think he's a really dude, good dude. I like the fight. I like what I see of both guys, and I expect Cordina's going to get the W in stellar fashion. Uh, and this is out in Monte Carlo, Monaco, by the way. You want to if you're local on the undercard, then twelve rounds of junior flyweight action. Uh, Sivanathi Natshinga versus Adrian Curio Dominguez. I don't I'm not familiar with either guy. I've heard Natshinga's name, but I've not watched him fight heavily. He's reasonably newer. He's only been in the game, I want to say six years some odd. Uh, Reasonably newer. Uh, Pretty explosive fighter although he has flaws and his flaws were exposed like two fights ago, one fight ago or something. His flaws were exposed, but it may have been a one-off where he just didn't prepare. All I know is that what I saw is he's got some holes in the game. I don't think Dominguez is going to be able to exploit those. It's it's possible, but I doubt it. I think Dominguez is, he's a young guy, uh, but Dominguez is, he's nowhere near Nonshinga in, in skill level. In my perception, I think Nonshinga easily uh, deals with him. Uh, most online think that Nonshinga is going to get a decision, and not going to knock out. I would not be surprised if Nonshinga stops uh, Dominguez as in gets the ref to stop the fight on this one. And that's not ding on Dominguez because is a decent fighter, but he's not, it's levels. I think it's levels to this one. Uh, then we're going to, on the zone, by the way, this event, on the, on the card, 12 rounds of super welterweight action. Uh, Suleimani Sosho and Izeas Lucero. I covered uh, Sosho a while back. I like him a lot. Lucero, I've heard of, have not seen heavy of. Uh, Sosho, he's a he's a vet. He doesn't seem like it, but he's a vet. In the business, he's been around a long time. He doesn't have a lot of rounds because he was getting them out of there quick. So he didn't have a lot of rounds in the books. And Lucero's roughly equivalent, to, I would argue, in terms of experience. I think this is a good matched fight, really good matched fight. Uh, they're roughly about the same height. Uh, I think the reach advantage is on Lucero's side, but they're, it's really good matched up fight. So Soshiko should deal it, but I would not count Lucero out because Lucero at times tends to turn it up when it matters. He has one loss on the record. Other than that, he's been quality in what I saw. So I would, this is a good fight to watch. If you're going to watch any one fight, I think this one's good to check out. Again, it's the zone. Undercard again. 10 rounds of Super Bantamweight women's action. Uh, Jaleesa Guzman fighting against Ramla Ali. Uh, I've not watched either of these gals fight. Uh, they're uh, one, well... Guzman. Guzman's younger. She's uh, given averages of women's women's fighter. She's on the younger side, which surprised me because she's been in the game quite a bit. She's got in, I want to say eight years, eight years ago, and doesn't have a lot of rounds in the books. Uh, She's been pretty quality so far. So she, yeah, she started at a really young age and she's been quality so far. Uh, Ali is slightly on the older side. I wouldn't say greatly older, but again, I've not watched either one. I don't want to do him disservice. What I do know on the books is Guzman, Guzman strikes me as I I don't want to say unstoppable because that's terribly wrong because she's been beaten twice. And I think one of them was actually, or no, there's a a draws uh, that I was thinking of, but she has two losses by decision. So it's not unstoppable. It is when she gets in there motivated, then she looks like a beater. But when she gets in there and it's like, okay, I don't really want to be here. Then it's like, she just takes an L. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's training. I don't know if that was her age. I don't know what causes that. I I can't say. And again, Ali, I've not watched. She's out of the UK. I believe I've not watched any of her fights. So I don't want to do either one disservice. If I had to lean, I'm going to lean towards Ali for an upset win. If only for one reason, which is again, it seems like Guzman takes her eyes off the prize at times. And I don't know what causes it. So it wouldn't surprise me, I guess, to see Ali uh, pull out a W um, in a shocking fashion. Now we're going to switch over to Lake Tahoe on the U.S. ESPN Plus in the U.S. Sky Sports in the U.K., 10 rounds at heavyweight action. So if you're a fan of the big guys, you want to definitely check this one out. Return to FBI fighting Joseph Goodall. I know there's a lot of fans of Joseph Goodall. Uh, He's one of those fan-friendly kind of guys in the ring. He took a pretty bad loss his last outing. Uh, so that that put, sitting back a bit, he's not coming back in. I think he had a quite a bit of a layoff too. And then Ajaba, he's been somewhat active, but not as active as we might have wanted. He just got a DQ win in his last fight. Uh the, you know, I think that person quit. That's my opinion on it. But I you know, Ajaba, I don't know what it is about him, man. It's like watching him go up and just get completely dominated. <laughs> and I believe that was Dubois, but seeing him just get completely dominated. And then otherwise he's been able to just decimate everybody else that's been in his path. He's an odd one. It it seems like he gets affected by frustration at times. And if anything would lean towards Goodall's favor, it's that if you can frustrate a Jabba, he starts making stupid mistakes and Goodall is quality enough. I think he could do that. I think he could pull out an upset win. Do I think that happens? It's it's certainly possible. I'm not going to say it won't. It's it's a probability. Uh, On the books, on the books, Ajaba should get the W, if only because Ajaba, from a from a skill perspective, I would argue is more highly skilled. But he he loses focus. He mentally isn't always there. And some guys are able to just frustrate him into making mistakes, which would lean towards Goodall, because if anybody could, it's him. And then if Goodall catches. A Jabba with something, it might be lights out. I don't expect a knockout. I'm saying that I can easily see where Goodall might pull out a W. It would not surprise me. Undercard of that event, 10 rounds at super featherweight action. We got Henry LeBron fighting William Foster III. I'm not familiar directly with either guy. Both are undefeated. Both are southpaws. Uh, Foster has a height advantage. They're roughly same reach. Uh, Foster's coming off a stoppage win. You know, I this one was interesting because they're very evenly matched. Otherwise, you know, both being southpaws, the height is really the only differentiator. But in terms of number of fights, they're roughly even. In terms of rounds in the books, roughly even. They debuted really close together. This is matched really well. I think it's worth watching. I think it's going to be an action-packed fight. Is my guess. They're not knockout artists, but I think both of them have something to prove. Is my guess. So, if you like the the smaller guys. So again, it's super featherweight. So if you like the smaller guys and the action they usually bring, you definitely want to check out LeBron versus Foster the Third. Again, ESPN Plus in the US or Sky Sports in the UK or Lake Tahoe if you're out there uh, locally. Undercard of that same 10 rounds of lightweight action. Returning Ray Murtala versus Diego Torres. Murtala, of course, I said I'm a big fan of his. He just came off of a beautiful stoppage win. He's been on a major streak. Uh, I've been I've been really proud of him. He's come into his, he's come into his groove. He's a, he's a quality, quality guy. If you've never watched him fight, you need to watch this dude. Cause he is quality and he's going up against a true threat. This is a really good matched fight. Torres, same age, same height, roughly same reach, both orthodox, same number of wins in the books, roughly the same total number of fights debuted close around the same. Torres has slightly less rounds in the books, but Otherwise, this is matched really well. This is a good test for both guys. If you like to f- see the lightweights again with the small guys, if you like to see lightweight action and who's going to go on to that next level in lightweight division, as Devin Haney leaves it, you can definitely want to check this out. Cause as uh, Muratala, I'm telling you, he is, people are overlooking this dude. I don't, I don't, you know, I know that the big guys usually get the favoritism, but you got to check out him and see him just watch him in action. He's quality. This one's hard to pick him because Muratala should win, but that's bias, right? I might be biased on what I know of him, what I've seen of him. And most onliners split. They think that Muratala might get a W, but Torres is in the game. I agree with that sentiment. I think Torres is in the game. My gut leans towards Muratala just because I've seen more of him, but I'm not going to dismiss Torres. Then we're going to switch over to Miami, Casino Miami Jailai. Uh, This is on Fight TV. So it's only online, basically. I believe, ten rounds of heavyweight action. Trevor Bryan finally returns. He's fighting Cassius Chaney. I am, you know, I'm, I'm aware. Of Bryan, of course, he had a rough time. He got knocked out cold in his most recent outing. And <laughs> the joke on the joke on this. So, Chaney, right? They are. Chaney's a young guy. He's a really young guy. He's tall. He's rangy. He's he's. He's what you would have expected of a heavyweight. He's He is this. He lost a, a close decision his most recent fight. On, on the numbers, they're roughly equivalent rounds in the books, number of wins, like they're matched really well. They're both coming off losses, trying to rebuild. So on the numbers, they're roughly equivalent. But the joke was Cheney, because of what he's increasingly looking like, people think he looks older than he really is. He's a young guy. I want to stress. He's not crazy old. He's a really young guy to have a record that he has and perform as he has, he's a very young guy. This one's tough because Trevor Bryan has been on a decline. He's the older of the two by far. He's been on decline and the knockout loss, you don't know how to mess with his head. I, you know, to me, I'm leaning towards Chaney. I think Chaney has a good shot of upsetting the wagon cart on this one because, dude, he's huge. Like, he's tall and he's rangy and he's young and he's hungry more than anything. And most importantly... Like I see in what Cheney brings to a heavyweight fight, it seems like he wants to be more. Brian feels like he's happy to be there. I guess that's the best way to describe it. He at one point was that dude until he got knocked out, and that was after he took a decision loss and he's been declining. So I, I see just a clear decline in Brian where he may have, something got messed up in the decision, right? And they he takes the knockout loss and his head's not right, and Cheney might take advantage. I don't know because it depends on how Cheney recovers from his loss. This is an intriguing fight. If you like the heavyweights, I do recommend it. I'm sorry it's on Fight TV. That sucks, but if you like heavyweights, this one's good to watch. I, again, a knockout is probable on this one. I don't think it's gonna be action packed. I think it's gonna be boring in spots because of both guys being so dang hulky, huge. But I think it's worth watching if you can get a chance to check it out. Now we're going back to now we're going out rather to Costa Rica, Cartago, a ten round and minimum weight women's action. Uh, Yocasta Valle Valle fighting Annabelle Ortiz. Don't know either, Gal. I'm aware of Valle. not said don't know. I'm aware of Valle, but I haven't seen a lot of her fights. Uh, Dominant, uh, she's lost, but she's on a significant win streak. I think she's on a six-fight win streak. Whereas Ortiz is on a losing streak. Ortiz is significantly older. Significantly older. Uh, Valle's got my vote on this one. I think it's going to be, I think fists will fly, but I think it's ultimately going to be a boring decision for Valle. That's my guess on that one. Manhattan now, back in the U.S., DAZN, to uh, eight rounds of super featherweight action. And now this one's going to be on Tuesday, by the way, uh, at the Edison Ballroom. Uh, Jamel Herring finally makes his return. He's fighting Nicholas Molina. Jamel Herring, shout out to Castro on boxing scene. He's there. And uh, Herring's older. He's up there in age. He's been in the game a long time. He's coming off two losses, I believe. He got It was a dominant decision and then a stoppage just before that. And people have questioned whether he was going to hang it up. And I think there was chatter at a point he was going to do it. And then he decided he was going to keep on going. And I think he even said he wanted to win a world title before he hung it up. Listen, I'm listen. Harry's a good dude. He, he interacts with fans. He's a down to earth guy. He never let the fame get to him or any of that kind of stuff. He's always been just there and listening to the voices of the fans. And, you know, he lost, he lost a good dude, um, in Stafford. And, and so I'm not, I'm not going to bang on Herring at all. He's a great dude. I'm saying that Molina is a problem for him. Molina is a problem for Herring for two reasons: age, most notably, certainly, but also Herring. uh, Molina. Herring. Molina. Molina is a crafty fighter. He's a. It's kind of like Sandor Martin. He's a crafty guy, which I think will play in if Herring cannot show up and deal with him, as in. You, you're going to need to convince the judges every damn round that you are that dude, especially coming off the two losses. I think there's going to be bias against you and your performance and the perception of the age playing in and how that biases their scoring against you. I think Herring's going to be winning rounds if for no other reason than just speed. And so my message, if Castro hears this, my message to you, my man you need, just like I said to Oshaki Foster, you need to put a stamp on every damn round with this guy. Put a stamp on every round. And you might find him hard to find. Like you might find that he's really hard to find and it's really hard to catch his ass because he is crafty as hell from what I saw. So I'm cheering for you, dude. I, I'm really cheering for you because you're a good man. But my my, if you're listening, put a stamp on every round, figure out how to find him figure out how to find him because I think you're going to be having some, he's going to be elusive and it's going to be showing to the judges that he dominated you, even if he really didn't, because he doesn't have a lot of power. It just seems like he's crafty. Like he knows how to influence judge decisions. So this was an interesting one. Um, And it's the zone. So if you do get a chance to check that out on Tuesday, that one's going to be intriguing. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, Jamel can pull that out there. Madison Square Garden in New York now, UFC Fight Pass. So this is now UFC, you know, when they said they were getting in the boxing game, this is one of their fights. Uh, Ten rounds at super welterweight action. Callum Walsh, the, I think he's the youngest one, fighting Ishmael Villarreal. I, I know Callum Walsh, of course. Uh, young, up-and-coming guy. South Paul, decently rangy, somewhat tall. I like what I saw of him. And then uh, Villarreal, I've, I've not seen him fight. I've never even heard of him, actually. I did watch a little bit on him. He lost his last fight. Uh, he's been in the game, I want to say six years, five, six years, something like that. One loss. And, you know, I would. I think Callum Walsh is going to just showcase something in this fight. I think Callum Walsh is going to just show you, or at least the appearance anyway, show you that he's an elite fighter. Be- because I think Villarreal's not fast enough to deal with Walsh. I think Walsh is just going to box circles around this dude, might force a stoppage. I doubt it because Villarreal is kind of, he's stocky, but I think Walsh is going to show you a masterclass. I would be surprised if Villarreal lands to a significant degree on this. It I wouldn't say mismatch because it's not Villarreal's solid, but I'm saying Walsh's level from what I see, he's levels above and he'll showcase something that will tell you at least in your mind that he's elite as he builds up. Cause he's young. He just started like two years back. So I'm not overrating him early. I'm saying that what you see will make you believe he's elite. Then time will have to tell, you know, over time, just more and more fights that, you know, if he's going to continue at 154 or eventually go to 160, I think he makes 154 pretty easy. So if he stays at 154, man, there's a hell of a lot of fights out there on deck in 154 now and upcoming where we're really, he'll really get tested. Although currently 154 is a little bit dry. You know, you only got Tim zoo for the most part, <laughs> Uh, Jamel Charlotte just stumped out the joint against Canelo. So we don't know what's happening there. There's all sorts of opportunities at 140, 154, rather for this guy to shine in the division. And if he gets a title, people are going to have to stop ignoring him eventually at some point. So I'm, I'm cheering on Walsh on that one, but that one's worth seeing that's Tuesday. Once again, Thursday now in New York, Madison Square Garden, USC fight pass. Don't ask me why they're doing separate days. I have no idea. Eight rounds at super lightweight action. Cain Sandoval fighting Wesley Ferrer. Don't know either guy. Uh, Sandoval's undefeated on the numbers. Uh, Ferrer's slightly older, not greatly older, but slightly older. Uh, they're rough, I think they're roughly height and reach the same. Uh, Sandoval's new. He just debuted a couple of years ago. Just like uh, Smith, same type of thing. Knockout beast, really quality in what you see. I, I have one concern on Sandoval. It's the same concern I had with guys like Felix Verdejo, guys like Zhao Shiming, guys, you know, some of these guys where early on, there's this appearance of just world beater and it just takes them finding the right style that just upsets the apple cart. Sandoval strikes me as that. He strikes me as, at some point, somebody's going to catch him slipping and just complete. it'll be a shocking, like, type of loss. He's, I think they're building him right. Match-wise, it's a good matchup you know, fair has enough advanced experience to be a test for him without completely overshadowing him. So I think this is a good match to see where he's at. I I'm leaning towards Sandoval. If only because fair tends to take his eyes off the prize at times, which is the only reason he has the one loss he has. But I still think Sandoval's quality, no matter what I just, if I get that feeling again, somebody's going to catch him with something like Lascano dealt with Verdejo kind of thing where something happens. It's a shocking something where he, you know, maybe he didn't do anything wrong. He just got caught with something, and it's, it surprises the world. I don't know. I, I like the dude. I just, there's something about him. I, I wish he had a different trainer, maybe. It feels like he needs to work on, it feels like he needs to work on a couple of things to preserve his career for the long term because it feels like he takes risks a little bit too much sometimes. I don't know. That's my gut. Then the big fight people are talking about, this is on Friday now out in Brighton in the U.K., 10 rounds at super lightweight action. Harlem Eubank finally makes his return fighting Timo Schwarzkopf. And of course, Harlem Eubank, the story behind this one, Chris Eubank Sr. is advising Harlem. I don't know that he's actually training him or working the the corner. I know he's advising him. And the backstory is that Junior at some point and Sr. had some sort of a falling out. I don't know if it was specifically around the Conor Ben Circus or if it was something else. I know that. Junior essentially just stopped listening to Senior. Senior told a story that Junior just wasn't listening to training tips or he doesn't train or this, that, and the other. And then he gets blitzed by Liam Smith. And, you know, Eubank certainly redeemed himself in the rematch. We now need a rubber match. But Senior was basically saying, see, I told you he doesn't listen. And so then now he's back in Harlem. And then he called out Connor Benn saying, you know, fight someone near your thighs, bow down to the BBLC, and let's get this fight happened. You know, so he wants Connor to fight Harlem. And Harlem, of course, is super lightweight. So, <laughs> so, okay, let's let's see what we got here. You you want you want your 140-pound uh cousin, I think he's a nephew, 140-pound guy to fight in this case 154 Connor Ben. Conor Ben said he can make 147. I don't know how much longer he can make 147, let's be honest here. And I don't know that Harlem Eubank, because Harlem Eubank's not terrible, he's absolutely not a terrible fighter, he's a decent boxer. Absolutely, got a stoppage his last fight in the whole nine, but he's not junior. Harlem Ubank's not junior. Harlem Ubank is—he's got flaws. He certainly has flaws. People think Schwartzkopf could upset the card on this one. Schwartzkopf's coming off a loss. Schwartzkopf has somewhat more experience, but the thing with Schwartzkopf—Schwartzkopf's durable. He's durable as freaking hell. This <laughs> this dude is hard to—he's hard to get out of your face. He just keeps coming, and so this is a test for Eubank, Harlem. And I'm. I'm disappointed that Senior did that now before this kind of a dangerous ass fight because again, Schwarzkopf will keep on fucking coming. He's not, he's durable as hell. It's a good test. I just wish they hadn't called out Connor and kept him focused on the guy in front of him because that's gonna tell us a lot. And I think what's happening is people online are judging based off Schwarzkopf's losses. Schwarzkopf's losses have all been decisions. He has never been knocked down. I don't know that he's been dropped but he's never been knocked out. It's always decisions because, you you know, people, they're out levels. They're out boxing him. They're just better than him as a boxer. That does not tr- tank on him as a fighter, and that's the key that I think people are ignoring. The guy's a quality fighter. It is entirely possible, probable, absolutely, certainly could be the case that Harlem Eubank puts on a masterclass against this guy, and I hope he does because I think he's a good dude. I'm saying that I wish that they had not distracted with Connor Ben just before this kind of a fight because I think Harlem's going to need to keep his eye on this guy all night the tail long to make sure you're getting a not just a win but again you got to convince the judges that you won it's not just that you were better you got to convince the judges that you truly were that's what I got on boxing we're going to check back in probably next weekend with all the different weeks uh fights that happen I'm certainly curious with uh, Mr. Walsh here Uh, and see how he performs, see what's going to be the future of the 154 division. And again, Castro, if you hear me, man, put a stamp on Melina, dude, because I got a gut instinct that this dude is like Sandor Martin for you, and he might be a terrible style matchup where he just makes you look terrible, and they're going to give it to the, the judge is going to give it to this dude, if for no other reason than his age and his speed. So stamp it, put a stamp it, show him who you are, show him who you are, not who you were, who you are.